Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. And lo, the gods looked down and they said, Hey, hey buddy, what what way do you swing? What are you into? Whatever you're into, that's cool. I'm cool with it. We can make it happen. You know what I'm talking about? Because anything is good. Love is good. Let's just do this. And this is American Godcast. I'm Alex. I'm a long-haul trucker who also happened to be staying at the Peacock Motel. And boy, did I get... An eyeful. I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the eighth episode of season three of American Gods, The Rapture of Burning Requisite. Season two? Spo- season, season, season two? Three. Oh, really? <laughs> right? Missed the whole season there, huh, Pete? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Oh boy, I like that you're. I like that you're checking your notes. Like, wait a second, let me just double check here. <laughs> uh, season, season three. Okay, yeah. check. Seems yeah. to check out. out. Wait, just to double check, did you watch season two, episode eight, Pete? Yeah, the rapture of burning. Okay, that's season three, episode eight. I just want to make sure you did watch a season back, and that's what you want to talk about. We're going to get season into four, it, and for all of you, six. hopefully you watch the rapture of burning, because we're going to go through a ton of spoilers here. We're not going to talk about every story point, but we are going to talk about some favorite moments. So quick recap here. We basically have a couple of trains running. The main one is Salim and Laura, as mentioned. Go and stop at the Grand Peacock Inn. Let's have it in a big omnisexual jamboree. <laughs> Salim, yes. Laura both work out a lot of their shit at this hotel. Salim finally gets over the gin, seemingly, by the end of the episode, thanks to a sensual encounter. And Laura meets a new <laughs> leprechaun, played by Ian Rion, who you probably know as Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones, as well as Misfits. Maybe some of you know him from Misfits' his work over there oh, as well. Oh, yes, that's it. Uh, but great actor. Uh, she has a new leprechaun friend by the end and is starting to work her way past Mad Sweeney. She gives up his ashes, gets the... Spear, Odin Spear, uh, what are we calling it? Uh, I wanted to say Spear of Destiny, but that's not what it is. Ooh. I mean, that's fine. I think that's a good name for it. Sure, why not? Big old Spear, and she is going off to kill Wednesday in order to save her life, save Salim's life, and save Shadow Moon's life. Shadow doesn't really know about much of this because he has been kidnapped by Tyr, Odin's brother, this episode, gets taken to a remote wolf's den. Wednesday comes to rescue him, surprisingly... 
faces down to Tyr. They have a big fight. Tyr ends up dead thanks to Shadow Moon, and Wednesday absolves him of his debt and leaves and Shadow is pretty stunned. And the last little bit is Technical Boy is trying to work out his own issues, figure out what is wrong with himself. So Miss World, back again this episode, Danny Trejo, Makes nowhere sense. to be seen, slaps that old face mask on him that we haven't seen, I think, since season one. He goes into a virtual wonderland, meets who I like to call Technical Bilquis, and works through yeah. a bunch of the issues, and uh, She's also hilarious. goes off to take back his uh, mojo, if you will. Oh my a God. lot of mojo in this episode. A lot of people getting their groove back, and you got you got to love it. And honestly, what a great promotion for the Peacock streaming service that this mm-hmm. whole episode. Oh was. man, that's if you subscribe so you, the if you get the ad tier of Peacock, you don't get any of this stuff. But if you get the the premium version of Peacock, there's all a lot of fucking. It's a lot of jamborees. <laughs> All the different characters from the different Peacock NBC Universe shows are just fucking each mm-hmm. other. You ever want to see uh, The Office go to town on Punky Brewster? Peacock Premium. Oh, oh come on, man. <laughs> now the come older on, version, yeah. the reboot. She's an adult now. It's fine. The reboot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Alex really put his foot right in his mouth. <laughs> which is uh, also happens to be my fetish. So uh, I was really enjoying I like this episode. Again, I think, you know, I was kind of down on the beginning of this season, but I think it's really hit its groove. And the stuff with Salim and Laura, I'm sure Pete's going to have something crazy to say about Laura, but I thought this was all really good. I really like these sequences. I thought they were emotional, smart, fun. I enjoyed them quite a bit. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, they're a good combo. And the way that they were giving each other shit for not getting over their issues in the middle of the episode, and then they got over them uh, subsequently. Um, at least, definitely Salim. Um, and then Laura, uh, over Mad Sweeney enough to dump his ashes, which sort of puts a nail in the coffin for the idea that we're going to see Mad Sweeney again. Nah. It's not no, over. We're not going to see him again. We're on to an entirely new leprechaun named Liam Doyle, played again by Ewan Rian, which is great. Wait, that's you can a, only that's have one leprechaun on? That's, what? It's just a one leprechaun limit? You can only have one mm-hmm. leprechaun yeah. on the show? How many, look at a box of Lucky Charms. How many leprechauns are on the front there? Okay. All right. One, right? How many, how many leprechauns do you know in your life, Pete? I would be shocked if it was two. Well, it is two because <laughs> of the show. Yeah, only one at a time, though. Well, I tell you what, I, I don't think it, I, I'm not giving up on the, the Mad Sweeney. I don't care if she is. But well, he, the I thing got, is, like, you can keep, like, I have a ton of leprechaun ashes in my place. Um, it and looks like that, your basement is full of leprechaun ashes, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. great. Where you know, leprechauns you, go to die. This is a true fact. If you go to the beach, that's not sand. That's leprechaun ashes. Oh, oh <laughs> it's man. true. It's true. <laughs> uh, tragic. I can't believe people go there to have fun because it's truly, it's that is awful. truly tragic. It's horrifying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is with leprechauns is there's a map to where you're going to catch them. Yeah. That's the end of the rainbow. Well, Maybe let's talk about this easy. plot line. This starts off with another sort of times past thing where we get to see the origin of the Grand Peacock Inn, which I thought was really neat and a very different take on this Ameri- American gods thing. That we would do. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Wow, Alex, you're really coming around on the show. Uh, <laughs> this whole American gods scheme. Well, I don't know. Uh, there was a up. better way of saying that, but you guys know what I mean. Uh, what do you think about this beginning scene? I, I loved it. And to, to your point, um, I think this is what I wish the show had been doing. I mean, I, we've, I think we've loved these sequences throughout the whole, every season, the whole run of the series, but to have it be like sort of 
a backstory on a god or godlike thing that then plays into the episode is so smart. And it, it was such a sweet it, – it, it's almost like short film um, about this little encounter and the, the blessing of this place as a a place of, of safety for, um, for whoever needs, needs it um, on the roadside of America. Like uh, especially those who are just like othered uh, for any reason, it was really nice. And then the, when he, the dude became butterflies, I was like, yes, the rabbit God was uh, glorious. I mean, that was so much fun. The, The way he happily ate his breakfast and then blue butterfly kisses that then, of course, turned into a peacock that protects throughout all time and seasons. I like the fact that this show is really digging into different issues and different marginalized groups over the course of the season. We've seen Native American gods. We've seen African-American gods that have moved to America, which is not new. They've hit that quite a bit over the course of the three seasons. And now we're getting an LGBTQ plus God as well. Uh, it's interesting. It gives it a very different mode than we've had throughout the course of the three seasons now. And uh, that's great. It also made me think watching this episode, how much um, like uh, scandal or, or like drama was around the season. Like it's going to be a mess. Everything's all over the place. This feels like, there's so much going on, yet this show feels more cohesive, I think, mm-hmm. than it ever has before. All the characters feel like they're on a track as opposed to the – in earlier seasons, it felt like you know we, we liked it or I liked it. But all the characters felt like, oh, they're just all sort of bouncing around in here. And now it does feel like there's intention with, with everything. I think it took them a little while to get there. Honestly, you know, the first half of the season in my mind was a little rough and all over the place. Pete, I'm talking <laughs> sometimes – the first quarter of the season was by, you know, I appreciate 15 minutes here, and there were 45 minutes uh, later on in the season that I really appreciated. First of all, that is an amazing impression of me. It is spot on, and Sally I agree Golden. with everything that you said. So thank you, Pete. Wait, that was Pete talking? I thought for sure that was just Alex <laughs> making a point. Oh, man. Well, I can we talk about would... the car that they were driving in this episode? Yes, thank you. Thank oh, man. Oh, I came buckets. <laughs> What? <laughs> that is oh it. Pete. You're always saying that. Happened. Wait, that wasn't Pete talking with his signature no, catchphrase? I, ca- I came bucket? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. God. You guys are so good. Uh, oh, oh, my God. I'm oh, losing it. Oh, I'm Justin, and I'm also here. Wow. That was, well, that that was, was great. great. Wow. <laughs> that was you talking? That's crazy. That was, that was amazing. Me. That was me. Wow. I did a little impression of myself. <laughs> You really are classically trained. That was so good. I believed it was you. It took a little while to get here, but I I do appreciate in the last couple of episodes that they really have figured out this new rhythm for the show. It does feel like a different show. You know, like we talked about, I think maybe even as far back as episode two or three of this season, there's more of a typical TV feeling of it with some flourishes in terms of the visuals. Uh, So maybe it's also partially as a viewer just getting used to, okay, this is not the wild visual roller coaster of the first two seasons. This is more a TV show that we're watching, but that's okay too, you know, because it's working. That's the only important thing. Yeah. Really the only part that I'm taking out, because of the production situation or choices is the, the Miss world, Mr. World jump around that happens <laughs> every episode or two. 
otherwise I feel like it is like it feels tighter than it has in the past. Yeah. I agree with you on the Miss World. We could probably talk about the technical boy stuff a little bit because it also feels like uh, maybe they just had a couple of days in this one room or something like that because it's always in the same room, always in the same conference room. They just keep That's switching hilarious. the actors in there and going with that set. And like we talked about before, all the new god stuff just feels so much smaller when compared to everything else. Um, but that said, really enjoyed the technical boy, technical Bilquis sequence. That oh. was a fun use of Bilquis, uh, even yeah. if it wasn't real Bilquis. And I, I'm interested to see where they're going with technical boy and where this is going to end up. Well, uh, especially cause it, it just, it feels like the other side of the show is like setting up for the big finale. Um, while technical boy is sort of like in act one being like, you believe I have emotions? I'm yeah. Pinocchio, sort of. <laughs> Bye. I'll be around. I'm going to figure this out. But it's also kind of like, I like the struggle of it because it's kind of like a classic dude move to be like, I don't know what emotions are. I'm having problems, you know? Uh, and I really like the kind of like young hip Billquist who's got all the answers and it's like, does the subconscious have to do everything? I thought that was really fun. Them going back and forth was hysterical. And then the classic, you know, Dorothy, you, you've had the power the whole time to kind of move. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was very, not only hilarious, but then the juxtaposition of like how much pain he's in, but then the outside shot of like, the shitty conference room with the backdrop and then the elevator music playing was just so such a fun thing. That was a fun bit. Pete, are there some emotions you want to talk about? You kind of started off yeah. with this thing about a uh, very classic dude thing about not expressing emotions. I, I feel like I express my emotions all the time. Justin definitely does. Is there, I'm crying right now. Is there, oh, good for you. Good is there for anything you, you want to share, Pete? Well, this was, I thought, like a really uh, nice app, especially when people who hate Laura Moon, like, give her a little bit of, like, a little bit of, like, she's calling herself an asshole and owning it in a way that's, like, a little bit easier to deal with. And, like, I was just as happy as Laura Moon was by the end of this episode. I mean, if you want to talk about emotion, like, I got a little choked up because, like, we got to witness a Patrick Swayze throat rip that I didn't think I'd ever see again. But there it was in this episode. And, oh, I got emotional. Like, you, you thought it was dead with Patrick. But, like, the fact that they're keeping it alive in this show was just very touching. And, I, like, I mean, I bet they, he's in heaven right now looking down going, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. I and mean, the, Pete, the blood Pete gushing a, out of the throat. Like, oh, what a shot. Pete is, of course, referencing the scene in Dirty Dancing when Patrick Swayze rips <laughs> Jerry Orbach's throat out yeah. after he tries to put Road Baby House. in the corner. <laughs> oh. Roadhouse. Is that what he says to Jerry Orbach when he's ripping out his throat? Roadhouse. Yeah. 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 Very confusing. See you in Roadhouse. They call it Dirty Dancing because of all the blood. That's the dirty part. <laughs> That's right. That's the dirty part. Um. That's yeah, true. I mean, that scene was actually very cool if we want to talk about it. Now that you've, I guess, talked about your emotions. Was that yeah, what that this was? Is, we're talking about the emotions <laughs> of this episode. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know. It was interesting. You really went into it. Um, I feel like I know you so much more, Technical Pete. <laughs> um, that's, that moment was very cool. Um, Tear at the beginning of this episode was like a cool badass. That scene and the guy's like, 
oh, that's not a seizure, an epileptic epileptic seizure. And you just see him pop his claw, Pete, um, his because of his his one his missing hand. Yep, jabs that dude out. He's got uh, he's got sharp bones, and we get to see them pretty much clearer in the tear Wednesday fight towards the end. Do you think that's something like his bones broke off like that and they were naturally sharp, or did he sharpen up his arm bones? Well, remember he's a dentist, mm-hmm. so teeth are just uh, weird bones. So yeah, I think he's he, sharpened up. He sharpened those bones up. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you? I don't know if I told you guys this. This actually just happened to me the other day. My uh, baby arm teeth just fell out, and I think my adult arm teeth are coming in. <laughs> wow! Are it's you going to so sharpen exciting. them? You should but, sharpen them. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to sharpen them. I left my arms under the pillow, and I'm hoping the arm fairy comes later. (laughs) You're going to get a big payday. So much money. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It is The Rock, just so if you're worried. um, It's definitely going to be The Rock. what you're talking about. Uh, Let's talk about the tier thing, then, the whole storyline with Shadow Moon, since we've touched on that. I was surprised... Very surprised, honestly, about how all of this wrapped up and how this played out. It felt like Tyr was taking Shadow to the Wolf's Den to make him into some sort of sacrifice, but it wasn't Wednesday saying, you know, cool, let's do this. I'm going to kill you. Great, Shadow Moon, you're good. I I felt like Shadow Moon at the end there. I was kind of stunned and shocked about how this turned out because we're so used to Wednesday coming up with a turn there, but this really felt final, if anything. I think after Demeter's death, like, he has been, like, I don't know, maybe trying to uh, do better, it seems like, with uh, Shadow Moon, or maybe he's just, <laughs> like, I don't know, but, like, that that move of just, like, peace out, good luck with your life, you're you're no longer in my, you know, debt or whatever. I, I just want to say, before you say it, Justin, uh, just we record this on Skype and watching your face, you're just watching us like you fucking rubes. <laughs> I was gonna say, the words I was gonna use was you two dopes, you goobers. You're believing Wednesday. You're like, oh yeah, you're right. He's done. I bet we'll never see him again. He's, uh, he's out of here. He said, "Give him the car." That's his last line on the series. After he said that, they were like, "That's a wrap." Um, they put him away. Thanks. This show's we're over. Good. We don't him. need Ian McShane anymore. Done with him. Thanks for coming. Well, what was your take uh, on the storyline then, Justin? So yeah. I, I I thought it's great. I mean, it, I, it occurred to me, like, Odin is such a Loki, um, and it's interesting how they're from the same mythology, but Odin is just just the Loki of this show. Um, and he lies to Tyr right in front of him, and then he's like, okay, here we go. Let's go. We're going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And then he says, Shadow, you're done. And that's clearly not the case. I mean, it's the line that Tyr says right before he dies is the death I give. He's Shadow interrupts their their head to head fight, which you're not supposed to do, um, as we all know, in bar fight rules, which we've all been in many bar fights. Sure, sure, Pete, sure. Alex. Yeah. yeah, all the time. Um, even during COVID, we just even go to the bar. And yeah, fight. well, I just sort of swing my arms around and it doesn't touch anybody because we're all safely six feet away from each other. You know how, like, yeah. some people, when they fight, they put, like, they dip their hands in, like, a, you know, glass and try to get... I do, do that with COVID, and that's how I fight in the bar. Jesus, what <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. Hey, man, uh, you should... That jar of COVID you have, make sure you close it up before oh, you yeah, dip your yeah. hand into it. Yeah, keep you know, it closed. To get loose. Um, so the, the, the idea of you having 
of dipping your fist <laughs> in COVID is very strange to me. Yeah. Is it what? What is it? Is it like a gas or a liquid or what's going on there? I think you're dipping your hand in mayonnaise or something. You <laughs> call it COVID. Yeah, it's probably bl- just going blue to a cheese. jelly. Hey, can I get a turkey and COVID sandwich? <laughs> Coming up. Uh, so the they they're fighting. Shadow interrupts. So tears like I have to kill you. And he says the death I give you um, will be a mercy compared to your fa. Yeah. And then he gets killed. Yeah. Um, that's all you need to know. There's more coming from Wednesday. That's it. For you guys to say it's over with, that's uh, crazy. I'm just saying. Well, I don't know why you think you know what he was saying. Like, he was actually, like, mid-word when he got stabbed. So you don't know where that sentence could have gone. Could have been like, Father, but now that I think about it, he's actually turned a new leaf and is, uh, you know, it seems like doing better. You think he was going to say, compared to your falafel? (laughs) It could be. Oh, he was going to say, compared to your falafel. I got to say, though. For an old man battle, like that was a, a fun to watch. That like, was, I was fun like, to I don't watch. know if I want to see these two old guys fight, but then it was pretty badass. I appreciated that Dennis O'Hare seemed to maybe actually learn the fight choreography while Ian McShane sat that out <laughs> very clearly. Yeah. A hundred percent. And also I was like, hoof, I, if I were these two guys, I would have sent younger versions of myself to do this fight because they looked a little rickety. Yeah. yeah. Little, but you saw the bones wobbling on do that fight. Do you think, do you think this was a two-hander con job? Like, is Tyr actually in on it in some way, whatever Wednesday is trying to do, if it is a con job, which it probably is, or... Was this legitimately Tyr was killing Wednesday's followers? Wednesday took him out of the equation, killed his brother, and then is moving on with whatever the next step is. It seemed like his gripe was legit. And yeah, if I got my hand bitten off for my brother because he like did some like, uh, like just passed it off to the next person. Yeah, I'd be pretty upset about it. Uh, I think it was definitely a real fight, and here's the, the connection to the rest of the episode. The the other half of the show is about uh, Salim and Laura moving on from their feelings that they have well, the their lost loves. And Tyr was unable to move on from his feelings for Demeter, and then she vanished because of Wednesday's involvement. He ne- he'll never get her back, so he is getting – that flipped him, and because he hasn't moved on, he died. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's – they don't – that's not explicit, so they don't really say that. But to me, that it makes a lot of sense to have these stories happening at the same time based on what we've seen uh, of the season. No, I think that works as a theme. I like that. Uh, what else can we talk about here? We've kind of ran through all three storylines, but are there, are there any particular bits that you guys wanted to call out? I, I just wanted to just bring up Douche Canoe, uh, the, you know – cool new Billquist or tech Billquist uh, use of uh, the, the English language was just on such a nice level. And I, uh, I had to pause after douche canoe and get myself back together and then hit play. Mm. That is a very, like if um, Pete, if you told me, Oh yeah, I wrote one episode of um, yeah. American gods <laughs> this season. And I was like, no, you didn't. You were like, watch and yeah. that the person. Went to the, went like, to the, oh, the, come on. And when Bill Quist said douche canoe, I was like, that's got Pete LePage's hands all over it. Oh, that was just glorious. Um, well, I, th- I want to talk through the um, the rest of the uh, the Laura stuff a little bit more and just the, all the stuff that happened at the Peacock Hotel because um, 
the her Laura and the uh, and Liam I thought was just fun. He finally shows up at the end. The whole end of the episode felt like a '90s like indie comedy, mm-hmm. a little bit or something. Yeah. The way the music, yeah, um, came up and she was locked, strutting off. It was really yeah. nice. It's it's um, called the that, new that leprechaun, and the tagline is she thought her luck run out until yeah. I guess you can get lucky twice. <laughs> uh, Pete, and, you want to so throw out a slogan or anything? Were, tagline? You yeah, have a no, leopard. I'm not going to. You guys are on your own on your douche canoe. I'm not going to join you. He's a four-leaf <laughs> clover. Ooh, good. That's Thanks. good. It plays better in text, but I, I'll, I'll go for it. Thank you. Um, you were saying about the actual storyline. Justin. Oh, no, I was going to do something about a pot of gold, but uh, you're probably right. We can go back to actual commentary. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, and so that the tone of the way this episode sort of um, through the Peacock stuff I thought was interesting. And then the whole like the the play when we got to really experience what it was like inside the Peacock. It was a place of safety and peace, mm-hmm. se- sexual freedom, leave your shame at the door. Like I, that whole thing was great. The music I thought was, again, such an a weird choice. It was sort of like calming. Uh, it felt very nineties throughout the whole thing. Um, so the tonally to have all this like crazy God fighting happening on one side and then to have this like very like chill, <laughs> I got my spear to my murder spear on the other side, I thought was an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. I like the stuff with Salim. Uh, you know, this is not to compare another show, but, uh, here we go. Well, I know, Pete, you've seen Doom Patrol. I don't think you've seen Doom Patrol yet, Justin. But there's this amazing no. episode with Danny the Street in the second season where they go there. And it has – it's not nearly as explicit what's going on here with American Gods. But there's a lot of stuff with Matt Bomer's character, Negative Man, where he's also very tight. Like he doesn't accept his sexuality. He's not sure about it. He's not sure about being out there. And there's this incredible sequence – where he finally lets go. It has this whole dance party to Kelly Clarkson on Daddy of the Street. It's magical, like tears in everybody's eyes while they're watching it. And I couldn't help but think of that while I was watching this because this is great and beautifully filmed. Uh, and I love that emotionally that Salim got to this place. But there was something slightly weird about the fact that, well, he's got to get boned once and then he's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think... Uh, I rationalized that because I I agree I did like the sequence. It was less about his, the, his feelings for the gin were tied up with his his feelings about himself mm-hmm. and coming into like uh, his his sexuality in a real way. And so I do think he was using the gin not being there as a little bit of a cover for I think for not really getting with himself and being able to figure it out. So I do think it made a little more sense that he was able to like when he lost the sweater. No oh, man. He was able to be like, I am, I am who I am. And I, I to end with him praying, I thought was interesting. Um, and it, it, it's sort of a sign of accepting himself um, because he said that God, he used to think God made him this way and that love is love sort of. And then because of what happened with the gin, he sort of lost that. Um, it was a fun flip to have praying be the thing that you go back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. I thought that was a very smart choice. Pete, any other moments you wanted to call out? Yeah, there's a bunch, but I just wanted to say that, like, it was tough because uh, Salim always just really amazing. More people need to listen to Salim in the show when he talks. But 
um, the uh, like the way that he and Laura were able to kind of go back and forth a little bit and say I love you was very nice. And like the part where like he completely lost the sweater was such an interesting moment where he didn't care. But then there was like a moment where you thought like, oh, man, is he going to lose his shit? Because like what happened to the sweater? Uh but uh, it just ended up being like a nice, like, no, I don't need the sweater anymore, kind of like letting go of the gin, which was tough because I was pulling for that relationship for so long, and I'm happy that, like, he's moved on and seems to be doing great. Um, I, I just think that, like, it was it was such a cool, interesting way to be like, hey, kind of like, you know, a party or like letting go and giving yourself this moment to be okay with who you are and give yourself confidence is very powerful. And then like that thing can stuff like that can change you forever, which is great. Um, I, it just was like, uh, I guess when the praying happened, that was his big, like, this is, this is who I am. I just wanted to kind of like feel him a little bit, you know, because he's mm-hmm. always so like quietly doing boss moves. I wanted to kind of like, uh, but I guess it wouldn't be Salim. But so I, I, yeah, I was I was impressed with that journey. I thought it was really cool. I mean, a couple of too long shots on like weird flowers and stuff, and I was like, okay, all right, you know, it's beautiful and the music is great. But uh, you know, I just felt like you know maybe they uh, could have cut that down a little bit. But anyways, uh, you hate flowers. Well, I just like I get it. Like you know what I mean. Like we're in this kind of like tripped out space time thing. Like show me a couple of flowers. You know, uh, a bunch of uh, fun uh, people having. Yeah. The other day, you got arrested at that greenhouse, right? You went in there, just arms slathered in COVID, punching everything you could. I remember that. Well, I mean that that was a different that was a different kind of fight. But anyways, and I, I should take a note here and to only send P edible arrangements from now on. <laughs> Yeah. Send. yeah. Otherwise, it's it's gonna it's gonna get weird. I call flowers. In, in, I call flowers inedible arrangements. But I, I <laughs> Ooh, mean, that's cool. That's cool. That must be fun when you bring that home for the yeah. old wife. Here you go. Here's an inedible arrangement. She loves it every time. Uh, punches you right in the throat. <laughs> but you know, I also think Salim acted pretty innocent for a lot of it. But like. He called to get the bed repair. You know what I mean? Like he knew what he was doing when he called down the front desk and was like, "You know, my heart shaped bed is won't stop a rocking. Can you please come up and help me with it? Can you please come up uh, a knocking? Yeah. I so, mean, Kai's a hot bellboy, of course. I mean, Kai knows what he's up to. And when you once you get Kai, once Kai looks at you, it's go time. And, you know, he didn't. Poor Slim didn't stand a chance couple of little things I wrote down. I love the line, you don't trust the guy who refused to kill you, but you fell in love with the guy who did. Who uh, did. Yeah, that was so that was great. Very nice. Um, also, when Wednesday disappears and Shadow yells, no, fuck you, and then tells the moon to fuck itself as well. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, very good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what do we think is going to happen now that Shadow has decided to go to Jacksonville? What's going on there? That was weird. I mean, we've all been at a bus station and oh, seen yeah. a little a Florida poster come to life. That's a, t- a t- tourism technique that they've been using for years. Don't trust Florida posters. Florida posters are notorious for doing that to people. Just like, yeah. you know, you're somewhere, you're thinking about going somewhere. You're like 80% sure you want to go there. Then all of a sudden you look over to your left and there's a Florida poster mm-hmm. telling you otherwise. 
Because he's going to, did he say Jacksonville? Jacksonville, yeah. yeah. He's going for spring break. Yeah, (laughs) Jacksonville is the wrong, that's the wrong town for spring break. (laughs) I'll tell you that much. Oh, boy. Poor Shadow. And uh, poor all of you. Let's wrap up here. We're going to have to finish this off with who, oh, was there something else you wanted to bring up, Justin? One one last yeah. thing. I love the line um, when Tear and Shadow um, are hanging out right before um, Wednesday shows up, and he's just dentisting. Yeah, he's, he's like, just dentisting. Floss. I just always wanted to know that was hysterical. dentists always got a dentist, and yeah. they can't fucking help themselves. Who was most worthy of your worship this episode, Pete? You want to go first? Wow, Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, hmm. I'm going to have to go with the, uh, lady of the inn. The, uh, she was just fantastic from the first moment we saw her and helping people out when they needed it, knew who to trust when. And that whole point of like, oh, you don't remember me, do you? That was just like, uh, really magical. So I would say she wins. Mm. Justin, what about you? That's a great call, Pete. Um, I think for me, I'm going to give it up for Celine. I thought um, he uh, great performance. Um, he plays uh, uh, the actor that plays Celine does so many like blank like stares that are still communicating so much. Um, and it was really nice to have the episode focused on on him uh, when he's sort of been along for the ride, but it's a little unclear what his role in the larger story is going to be. So if the, his, the focus on in this episode, I thought was great. I'm going to give it up to Laura. Uh, a great yeah. episode for Laura. Really good moves with Liam, the new leprechaun. Seeing her finally put Mad Sweeney to the side was great. Uh, just a really a good, solid episode across the board. I had a lot of fun. And thank you all for listening. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out, chat with us about American Gods, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen at a Godcast on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, worship you later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.